you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, and this is your weekend recap episode, as well as trade deadline reaction part duh, doing it a few days after the trade deadline and a little bit delayed from our usual Monday spot because I was in Kansas City celebrating the Kansas City Chiefs' third Super Bowl championship. Uh on today's show, Albert Wynn, who's joining me on the show today at Analytics Capper, he and I will go over the impacts of the Phoenix Suns, how the market has reacted in the last couple of days since the initial rush in on the Suns. There's been an interesting movement in the Western Conference. We'll do that. We'll talk about uh, the awards races after the trade deadline, how have things changed. We'll give you our day, our picks for who we would take right now if we had to bet the awards today. All that and more on today's show. Albert? We just did our best bets episode, uh, which you can check out in this feed currently. Um, let's go ahead and start right here. So at FanDuel Sportsbook, after the Kevin Durant trade, the Phoenix Suns, they moved like obviously a monster push early to be expected. I said, you should wait. That was my best bet. I was like, hey, you can get this number later at a pretty good price. I think we're still at that. Like, I think we're still in a pretty good spot for that. What's interesting is that there seems to have been a little bit of push on the sun on the nuggets rather, because the nuggets are now down to plus two ninety. like that gap between the two has shortened as it. I not surprisingly, people probably came in on the nuggets. Like we took, we wrote an article about it. Uh, Joe Dallara liked that bet. Brandon Anderson liked that bet. I like that bet uh, for the nuggets to win the Western conference. Mm-hmm. The odds right now, sun's plus two forty, nuggets plus two ninety, Clippers plus 500, Mavs plus 700, a lot of respect for the Mavs with Kyrie. The Grizz plus 750, your defending champion Golden State Warriors plus 900, no timeline for Steph's return. Uh, the Pelicans, we got bad news on Zion plus 3,000. The Los Angeles Lakers plus 3,200, getting housed by the Portland Trailblazers as we record this. Um, the Sacramento Kings, like the beam, no respect for them at plus 10,000. And the Minnesota Timberwolves plus 12,000 and so on and so forth. So I'll ask you this. We're going to time the Suns either to bet them if you're like, I want to bet the Phoenix Suns 
they're going to win the NBA championship. Kevin Durant's awesome. Devin Booker's awesome. Chris Paul's awesome. They're going to win. They got Terrence Ross, for God's sakes. Um, if you're going to want to bet the Phoenix Suns, how do you time this? Is it? Do you think it's now? Do you think it's later? Do you wait for an injury? Do you wait for the beginning of the playoffs? How do you time this? If you're looking, if you want to get in on the Suns right now, whether as a position better, adding on to your, to your various pieces, or as a one-time, I want to bet the, the Suns win the title right now. How do you time this to get the best value, do you think? No, that's a great question. And I think all of it's going to be hinged on how you think and how well uh, you think Kevin Durant's going to, A, come back from injury because he's hurt. People don't realize he's hurt. And then B, how how good or how smoothly he's going to get integrated into that team. We all expect him to be, uh, you know, one of the contenders in the West. They have now two really elite scorers with Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, a good coach there. Um, so I, I get why people are excited about the Suns. I'm actually lower on them than, than most people. We'll get into that later. Um, but as far as timing it, Matt, in my estimation, I would I would assume that they're going to struggle once Kevin Durant comes back. I don't think it's going to be all roses. I don't think it's going to be smooth. I don't think they're going to go on a 10-game winning streak when he gets back. When you uh, integrate someone with that much gravity in the game back into, not even back, but integrate that brand new piece into your team, you're going to expect some growing pains. So I would say wait, you know, wait till KD comes back see how they do in those first six, eight, 10 games. If they start off 500, four and four, five and five, something like that. Um, I think it'd be a great time to jump in again. This is more of a playoff bet, right? Cause you're betting the Western conference champion, uh, the, the guy, the team that would be a representative in the finals. We'll talk about this map, but I think the best bet is the division bet because that's a regular season award and you can fade the excitement around the suns. You can fade the excitement around the Clippers because they've also upgraded. I love Kings plus four ten to win the division. They're leading it right now by one game and you're getting four to one odds. I think that's amazing value for a team. We know that has really good offense and a team that's not going to integrate a lot of pieces moving forward. I don't know that they're going to struggle immediately. And if they struggle much more, I'll say that like, I kind of don't know if they can catch the, the Suns or the, the Kings rather, right? Like if they, if they struggle at all out of the gate, because like their window here is not necessarily as tight as I think people realize, like, mm -hmm. you know, as we sit here and record this, the Suns are 31 and 27 Kings are 32 and 24. So they're up three in the loss column. And that's not a lot. But if you slip at all, like you're still going to have to gain ground on Sacramento, who's going to feel like a huge amount of push because of the momentum and the emotion above closing out in the playoffs. Um, I don't mind the division angle on it, except for like, again, how much of a how much of a bump it seems to have gotten like in the market. The fact that this like the Kings have, have led this division for like two, three months and the Suns are minus 150, like you're laying minus 150 at FanDuel on the division no, I, I like the kings i like the kings division oh, okay so you like the kings at the Kings side yeah so i want to i want to fade the excitement around phoenix and around la i like the kings division but plus 410 is juicy like it's that's really good they're not even this is what's crazy have about the amount of respect the kings are getting they're not even second the clippers yeah. are second it's crazy like what the Kings are 32 and 24, like put some fucking respect on their names. So yeah, I agree. Um, I agree that there's probably value on the Kings division, bet. 
I think there's a good chance that the Suns do just like whip ass immediately in part mm. because so much of their, their, they are well built to do. And I talked a lot about this when I wrote about it last week, they're well built to do what you need to do with a star like Durant or Kawhi Leonard, which is like have an offensive structure and then just tack them on the side, trying to integrate Kevin Durant into a motion offense. Like the Warriors tried to do mm. that gets a little clunky. And like they were clunky on their way to probably one of the best teams of all time in 2017. Cause the fucking talent was too much and there wasn't anything you could do. But even then, like even Warriors fans are like, no, no, no. Like there's time like KD would leave and they would run warrior stuff. And then KD comes back on the floor and they would run like the KD offense with like some warrior stuff around it. The Suns will probably do that. And I think they're well-built to be able to integrate this. I still think that with Chris's injury risk, Devin coming off the hamstring, their lack of depth that could hurt them, where they're at in the schedule, like they're going to have to like basically push here to try and get a solid top four seed. And then they're going to need to start resting guys. Another reason to take the Kings plus 410. I love it. Would you take this year's version? So Kevin Durant... Chris Paul coming off an injury, Devin Booker with, you know, soft tissue issues or the version two years ago, two years ago with Durant, Kyrie and James Harden, which trio would you take there? Oh God. Um, I would take the Suns team just because for me, at least the Suns have a structure. Like they have an identity and they want to win basketball games and they don't look at it as art and they don't, it's not a branding experience. (laughs) Like, I'm not worried. Like, Chris may miss 15 games because of an ankle injury, but Chris isn't going to miss 15 games because he went to find his chakras. Like, there's just, like, a difference here in seriousness as a franchise. Professionalism. Yeah, <laughs> the Suns are a serious franchise, and I I, I want to give them the credit and respect that they're due there. All right, so you, you went tonight to the Mavericks game, and they mm-hmm. lost to the Wolves tonight. By the way, credit to the Wolves, who are, four, are 15 and 8, by the way, since following five games under 500, Chris Finch is just a hell of a coach. I keep trying to tell people and no one listens, but on the Mavericks side of it, they're still, they're now tied in the loss column with the Pelicans uh, for the seventh spot in the Western conference. Mm-hmm. Um, they're currently fifth. Do you feel like this, like they're going to figure this out? Like, do you feel like you had a lot of enthusiasm when they first got him after watching him in person tonight and seeing a bad Luca game? Do you still kind of feel like they're going to figure this out? I think from a sheer talent standpoint, I'm still very excited, Matt. If you, if I'm sure you watched the the last two games, so Kyrie's been on the team four games. They're two and two, two without two and zero oh without Luca, zero oh and two with Luca, which is insane to think about. The previous game, Luca and Kyrie against the Kings had a shot to to win the game. Uh, Luca missed the step back three. This game, um, they had a shot to tie the game, and then they didn't even get a shot off. I think those type of growing pains, because they're trying to defer with each other, and I I think that's really hurting the team. Because, I mean, Kyrie was cooking in that fourth. I would have just isolated and let Kyrie shoot it for better or for worse. Um, but I think they are going to figure it out because I, I I believe in I believe in Luka Doncic. I would say this though the the temperature inside that arena from fans Matt is is crazy. It's only been four games, like I said, but it's already kind of turning. Why why is Luka missing free throws? Why is Luka not boxing out? Why is uh why does Jason Kidd have Luka guarding Rudy Gobert? Like all these uh you know nit nitpicky things going on a- around Luca and then Kyrie just dropped like 30 points in the fourth which like accent- accentuated that as well but 
hopefully from a talent standpoint, we know the game is going to slow down in the playoffs. They're going to play a lot of iso ball, a lot of pick and roll. So hopefully uh, Kyrie and Luka can figure it out. Luka Doncic for Anthony Davis in a trade this summer. Ah, <laughs> uh, Kyrie and AD. You'll never know who's playing. Um, all right. So that kind of wraps our conversation on the Suns. The next time we'll talk about the Suns will be after we get to see them in person and kind of get a sense for what they actually uh, look like. If you want more coverage of that, just check out the Action Network app. We got tons of stuff on like why we like the, the Nuggets and like I have a play on the Eastern Conference and like the Pacific and there's all sorts of angles to find for you to bet on. Just check out the Action Network app. Let's do if you had to bet today. So this is we're going to run down the awards and talk about what we think. If we were going to bet him right now, who we would bet for the various awards? Let's start with MVP. Nikola Jokic leads mm. the pack at FanDuel Sportsbook, minus 175. Joel Embiid is next at plus 390, sliding a little bit as the Sixers have had a little bit of a rough spot. Giannis is plus 800. Luka's plus 1300 now. Tatum all the way down to plus 1800. Remember when Tatum was like a plus 125? That was a... That was a fun time early in the season, and John Morant plus fifty five hundred. So, like the book's telling you, it's gonna be it's gonna be Joker. There's no question it's gonna be Joker. Joker got another win tonight versus the Heat. Um, if you had to bet MVP right now, what would you go with? It's gonna be Giannis. Giannis at plus eight hundred. People are not taking notice here, but the Bucks have won ten straight. They're only a game and a half behind the Celtics. Only one game in the loss column, and they play Tuesday night. So they basically essentially can be tied up heading into the all-star break. Um, if the Bucks somehow, some way continue to win, obviously this is a bad time to bet him because they just won 10 straight. But I think it's good value because he's going to be there in the end. And, you know, I'm not going to lay minus 175 on Jokic. So if I'm not going to put, you know, lay the number there, I'm going to bet someone else with value. And I think Giannis is going to finish ahead of someone like Luca because, there's another superstar in the team and the Mavs are currently struggling. So Giannis for me, I don't, the reason I think Giannis is the best value here at plus 800 is Giannis is the only guy where I can see him flat out beating out Jokic. Um, mm -hmm. And Sixers fans are, are going to be very upset about that as they were with a holding call. That was an actual hold. Um, they're gonna be very upset with that. Based off of the head-to-head -head matchup, which is I tried to tell people like, hey, this is going to give you a chance to buy on Jokic when this odds shorten because people are going to think that this matters and it, it doesn't. It just doesn't matter. It's a it's a February matchup. Does nobody cares? Like they're not going to remember. It, the the reason it mattered then was here's what was funny. The head-to-head -head win that Embiid got mattered because of recency bias, which doesn't matter when you get the actual fucking ballot two later two months later. Um, but if you're, if, I don't have a formula. If Joker doesn't get hurt, I don't have a formula for how somebody go, looks at the entire thing and goes, yeah, it's Embiid over Joker. I just don't have one. Not enough anyway. Like maybe a few randos because they are really resistant to Joker. But like for the most part, everybody's going to be like, shit, he's got him on stats. He's got him on wins. He plays more games. He makes everybody better. His numbers are ridiculous fuck like i don't have like defense doesn't make him enough of the, of the difference versus Giannis, with how he's been absolutely just tearing through everybody averaging like 40 points on 60 percent field goal shooting from the field and he's a, a monster defender if the bucks wind up surging and they finish and they're only one back in the loss column if they catch the celtics which they can do tomorrow 
mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's going to be like, Giannis has been like a monster from the start of the season, even though his stats were not great for two months and the Bucks' offense was trash. They won games anyway, in part because of his defense, which shows his value. The advanced metrics won't back Giannis, but that doesn't matter because enough of the pull of like, look, when you watch Giannis night in and night out, he is the most dominant player in the league. If they finish with the number one seed, that's going to absolutely, I think, get him within at least striking distance to where this number plus 800 is laughable. So I am totally with you. I think it's got to be Giannis plus 800 is the best bet for if you had a bad MVP right now. Rookie of the year, it's Paolo Bancaro. We're done. We're we're done with that. Is, do you do you have any dispute with Paolo who's going to win this thing? I think he won on draft night, to be honest. <laughs> we haven't looked back. Accurate. I was going through my tickets because I was going through all the Super Bowl stuff, and I was like, it's like, holy shit. He, Paolo Bancaro was really 425 at open to win rookie of the year. That was a thing that they did. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr., DPOY, I'm still of the, as long as he plays enough games, he probably gets there. You agree? I do agree. Uh, I do want to say Bam Adebayo at plus 700. I didn't realize he's moved that much. Uh, remember how high we were on Brooke Lopez before Jaron Jackson came back from injury. This was supposed to be his, his, you know, award to lose. Uh, I, I watched them in person. He was blocking every shot Luca took at the rim and look at him. He's at plus 1500, the fourth best odds, but I agree. It's Jaron Jackson. If he plays enough. And let's go to uh, most improved. This is where it gets messy. This is a good one. All right. So there was a two-week period where Laurie took over at all of the books. Somebody came in and just hammered Laurie Markin in, and he got to a minus number, and I was, like, very confused. Shea's back to being the favorite. Uh, he's actually tied with Laurie. They're both plus 130. I have been betting Laura, Shea in parlays this whole time when I was getting him in the plus number. Like if I see a plus number, I'm putting I'm putting Shea in a round robin awards a FanDuel. Like that's the thing I'm doing. Because for me, like I have a Lori position and I'm fine if he wins. I don't know. There is another thing here of, are they really going to vote for him for most improved because he was already so good? There's another factor here, which is that everybody's like, no, no, no. Like Shea Gilders Alexander is like a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. And when he gets to that level, the same way that Ja did last year and to, a, you know, less of a degree, but kind of Brandon Ingram. When you get to that level, there is, we got to recognize what this guy did. Like we got to recognize that he's on that stage now, which is why like all these all-stars and, and all these type of things get in the range. They're still, still within range of the playoffs. They had that great game versus the Lakers on LeBron's ceremony night. So that's going to stick out in some people's minds. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I If I'm getting a plus money on Shea, I think Tyrese Halliburton, because the injury has tailed off. I think Jalen Brunson, even though he had a phenomenal game uh, versus the Knicks or versus the Knicks, I think he he's tailed off. I really still like if I'm getting plus Shea at plus number, I like this. I I I don't think I disagree with you. I think it's gonna honestly depend on how they how they finish. If the Thunder are gonna continue to you know vie for a play-in spot and get into the playoffs somehow, I think it's a it's a great value bet on Shea because he is superstar quality. We've already run through the numbers already. Uh, if you add steals and blocks as well, like it's it's absurd the company that he's in this season. And you're right, you mentioned Ja Morant and you mentioned Brandon Ingram. Those guys took a huge leap, but at the same time, their teams were also winning. So if if OKC finishes ahead of Utah, I think that's a tiebreaker right there because it is kind of neck and neck. 
we both love Laurie as well, but if if OKC finishes with a better record, I have to give it to Shea. The most divisive award continues to be Sixth Man of the Year. Uh, Jay Money, who does our our Best Bets episodes with me, was telling me he thinks it's Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey's now up to second on the list at plus 350. Malcolm Brogdon is your favorite at minus 155. I talked about him being the safe bet. Norman Powell is plus 440. Russell Westbrook, who I don't think is going to come off the bench again for the rest of the season, no matter where he lands, is plus 3,000. Benedict Matherin's plus 4,600. It's very odd to me that that what, what I don't get here is why all of a sudden being the best bench scorer on a team that is above 500 is no, like this year, for whatever reason, that's no longer the mark. Like for whatever reason, that's no longer like what we do anymore is, um, is, is like just this year, because if it was that, guess what? It's, it's Norman Powell, who I have a, a very large position on and would very much like to win. Um, Powell is at, he's back down below Matherin by 0.1, but he's essentially tied with Benedict Matherin for most points scoring off the bench. Um, like we'll see about the availability in terms of like he, he's played 42 games off the bench, which that matters, right. Compared to something as a comparison point, Russell Westbrook's only played 34 games off the bench. Yeah. Um, you know, Christian Wood only, has only played 30. He's played all these games off the bench. Tyrese Maxey's only played 15 games off the bench. I think that there's a little bit of a of a hyper anticipation that Tyrese Maxey is going to get all of this credit for six man when he hasn't necessarily been a bench player this season. What do you think? It's kind of like the Jordan Poole factor, right? Jordan Poole started so many games and that's why his numbers are inflated. The one thing about Norman Powell that is is bearish, in my opinion, is the pickups of Bonus Highland as well as Eric Gordon. That's going to take uh, at least five to ten shots away from Norman Powell game. He'll probably increase his efficiency and, and shoot better from the field and from three-point range, but I don't think he's going to have um, the the – the counting stats or the the total stats as a, as a Benedict Matherin. This one's hard for me, man. I, I think you're right. Brogdon is the safe pick here, but I don't know about you. Like I, I can't get to minus one foot one fifty five on him. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet Brogdon here as six man. I know this segment is if you had to bet, oh, man, I don't know. I think I'm going to go. I'm going to, I think I'm going to go Malik Monk at plus 16,000. That's so my guy. Malik Monk. Yeah, that's my guy. Uh, you know, he runs that second unit in uh, in Sacramento, lighting the beam. I just can't get, I can't get with any of these guys to be honest. Like, there's no clear cut man. That's a six man, right? That is the there's guy one. that it's comes. Norman Powell. Norman Powell's a six man. I don't know. I don't it's, know. It's always been. It's always been. Do you score eighteen points, eighteen to twenty points a game off the bench for a team in the playoffs? But the those Clippers numbers are, are going to. Those numbers are going to hurt, right? Those numbers are going to hurt with EG and Highland there. Oh, I don't think so. Oh, you, you think he's going to keep with the production? If he does, then that's his. If yeah. he does, then I agree. It should be Powell's. Yeah, I think I kind of I kind of wonder if Powell's just going to if he's just going to outlast everybody. The Doc will eventually start. He'll put Tyrese Maxey back in the starting unit. Like Tyrese will want that. He puts him back in the starting unit, and like Russ, you know, Russ goes to Chicago and starts, and so he's no longer on the board there. And then everyone's just like, well, it's Brogdon or Powell, and Powell has better numbers. Yeah, oh, well. Between those two, yeah, it's between those two, I would take Powell. 
to yeah. me, he fits the mold of what perceptionally you think what a six man is. Brogdon is kind of like um, Brogdon to me is like their point guard. Marcus Smart has been out so many games this season that Brogdon started a bunch as well and has played the off ball with uh, Tatum and Brown. So maybe you're right. Maybe he is a pal Norman Powell award, which would be great. It'd be good for him. All right, let's get wrap it up for buckets. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us we'll be back all throughout the week with best bets episodes and the futures Friday on Friday previewing the NBA All-Star game. We'll have a three-point contest, dunk contest, and whatever we can bet on from this game where we don't know who's going to be on which team. We'll figure all that out by the end of the week. Make sure to stay tuned for that. Thanks for joining us, everybody. My thanks to Albert for joining me. Thanks to David Payne, our producer. We'll see you guys again next time. Till then, let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.